Okay, we're we're recording. <laughs> All right, what? take two. Hey, hey. <laughs> Welcome to Activate Podcast, the weekly podcast to encourage you to level up and get unstuck with your hosts, KB and Steph. KB, an expert boy mom, handling cross-country blended family challenges, all while changing lives as a Christ-centered life coach. Steph, a former extreme party girl turned holistic boss, empowering women in their health. Come along as these two Midwest mamas untangle everyday messes and reflect on the trials of being a boss, wife, and mom. Go after your God-intended purpose and activate your life. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, how's it going? How are you? I'm good. I'm awesome. I finally worked out today. So I saw that. that. Good job. You feel better. <laughs> you feel better. You're not You're not pouring from an empty cup anymore. That's right. That's right. Very good. Uh, so we're just going to get right into it today. We have a very exciting guest on Activate today. Uh, we have Lindsey Graham. She is a pro-gun, pro-life, pro-police, pro-military, God-fearing, conservative Republican woman. My girl. <laughs> that's right. Damn, that's a mouthful of compliments. <laughs> um, Lindsay's name and face were splashed all over the headlines last summer when she reopened her business against government mandates. Her defiance led to a nationwide conversation about the rights of business owners amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Lindsay has been uh, slandered, harassed, canceled, and censored, but this has only deepened her desire to share her story and stand up for truth. So welcome, Lindsay Graham. Thank Amen. you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being here. I've I've spent the morning kind of just um, immersed in your story, and I had I asked you for podcasts, and you sent them, and I'm like, duh! I just listened to her on Brandy's podcast, um, so oh, I, yeah. I did know your story, and it's it's quite a story. It is. It's and it's it's evolved. You know, there was there's sections of the story, sure. and. Six months ago, if you would have asked me the story, I would have had, you know, certain things to say. Mm -hmm. And then six months before that, it was a different story. Mm -hmm. And now I just feel like God is starting to reveal the real story, which mm -hmm. is what has my book has turned into. Mm -hmm. And so the story just evolves and I'm excited to see where, where God takes it. I love that because I yeah. keep saying that I've just recently turned 40 and I keep saying how you it's, it's really interesting to look back because it's finally a time in my life where I'm able to start to see why things kind of fell apart or came together the way they did. You get to see a glimpse of, you know, God's plan. And I think that's kind of where you're at. Yes, that is exactly where I'm at. Um, as I started writing, you know, my book and my story, um, a lot of my story was on national news, but you know, no one was experiencing what our family was experiencing mm -hmm. and the news didn't print certain things. I would do yeah. interviews with them and they'd blurp out, you know, 30 seconds. And I'm like, that was not the moral of the story. Mm. <laughs> you missed the point. Yeah. And as I started to write the story, God kind of revealed to me, I don't even know if I was writing this book to, to sell it. I was writing it so that I could work through my own life in print and go, Oh my gosh, you have been preparing me for this my entire mm, life. I love that. I love that. So just yeah. let's take us back to uh, the idea for you of reopening your business amid the mandates of, you know, all small businesses being closed. Okay. So yes, as everyone knows about March 23rd, we lived in Oregon, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, was run by a Democrat governor and very, very liberal and she had locked us down and said, stay home, stay safe. So, I mean, you almost had to have like a doctor's note to leave your house. Wow. And I had just had a newborn baby. 
Um, it was our third and final child. I was so looking forward to spending all my time with him and just enjoying that time. So when she locked down, I was like, well, all right, I have extra maternity leave. This mm-hmm. is not a big deal. Yeah. But at the time, my husband and I owned six businesses. I had my hair salon with 25 girls, um, which so I also awesome. did hair in. And we owned, we had just opened a brand new gym, spent a lot of money doing that. Mm-hmm. And we owned four tanning salons and they were all shut down and they were not on the essential business list. Mm-hmm. And we all know that two weeks to flatten the curve turned into four weeks, into six weeks. And around the six week mark, I was like, okay, she's not going to let us open. Yeah. And I don't need permission to run my business and I don't need permission to pay my bills and provide for my family. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an attorney, but I don't think this is constitutional. And I'm going to go back to work and I'm going to do it as if it's not a big deal because it's not. And uh, that is not what happened, of course. I had shared my my goals on a, on a Facebook page that I didn't realize was public. So everyone started sharing it. <laughs> I opened my um, Facebook messenger and I had all these news news stations contacting me and I was like, "Uh Oh, what, what's going on here? (laughs) And so really quickly, they, they wanted to know, well, why are you opening? And I was like, what do you mean? Why am I opening? How, how do you not understand why I'm opening? I need to, we need to work. And I know I'm not the only one. And so I decided, well, I better do these interviews because they, They they, there's a narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't understand Mm -hmm. what kind of debt this is putting business owners into. So I did the I did the reports, I did the interviews, and the story became much bigger than I ever anticipated. I mean, you could call me naive or ignorant, but I just really thought, well, I'm going to open, and yeah, it's it's a little bit of a deal. <laughs> the the thing that made it a big deal was that after I opened, my governor could not allow me to be that voice. She she came yeah. after me with every state agency she could. I'm talking. Child Protective Services came to my door and they sent me a letter threatening to take my kids away. And yeah, it was just day after day after day. It was nonstop threats of what was going to happen to me if I continued to stay open. And, you know, it's not that they could back those threats up. And I knew that it's that they wanted to intimidate me enough to shut me up because people were paying attention and they were like, well, she's open and nothing's happening to her. So can, have, can you also explain quickly, because I was like infuriated by the whole Chaz and Chop situation. <laughs> so like the whole what? Chaz and Chop, like that whole, like when the liberals took over the whole area for that whole amount of time. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So yeah, I was in Salem. We're about an hour from Portland. So Portland is. I think what you're talking about is that the house that they claim to take over, yes, right? Is yes. That, yeah, Antifa and BLM. So there's yeah. these there's squatters in the house, and they don't own the house, they don't own the property. No one in their family owns the property. They just decided to take it over and live there. So the police have said, "We're going to go in and remove you because this mm-hmm. is not your property. Mm-hmm. Someone legally owns this property." And Antifa and BLM. I don't even know if actually I don't know if it's BLM anymore, but that's Antifa that kind of infiltrated BLM said, nope, you, this is our land. We claim stake. And there's neighbors that are having to go, no, you don't. Can you please? Well, they took, yeah, they took over the entire city. Like they were shooting at officers. It was trying to run them over 
at officers that were on foot. They were trying to run them over with their cars. They won't let the police officers. And the governor. Yeah, she stood Kate Brown. Mm-hmm. She allowed and the it. mayor, the mayor, Ted Wheeler, they are doing nothing besides, well, freedom of speech. And, you know, we do have a racist country. And so they have a right to protest. It's just mm, they have freedom of speech, huh? They had freedom yeah, they of speech, but you did <laughs> Yes, <Yeah>. they do. <laughs> That's the only reason I wanted to bring that up. It's like the extreme, yes. just so oh, crazy. It's... Like, it was insane. And then what ended up happening is she allowed it until they showed up on her lawn, right? Exactly, and then someone got yeah. shot. Yeah. Yep. And, and Ted Wheeler, the mayor, um, was all, he was in press conferences saying, you know, no, this is not a super spreader event. They have a right to freedom of speech. We cannot <laughs> silence the voices. And then they went and said, let's go to Ted Wheeler's house. I don't know why they went to go bite the hand that fed them, but they went to target Ted Wheeler's house and he went into hiding. He ran. Yeah. And I was like, that's ironic, isn't it? When it, when it's on your doorstep, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yep. Only Trump rallies are super spreader events. Don't you know? That's right. Yeah. And, and Sturgis, this last couple of weeks, they said Sturgis was a super spreader mm-hmm. while Obama's birthday party was going on, of course. Right. Too. Yeah. The, the hypocrisy is it's unreal. Maddening. And anyone that doesn't see the hypocrisy is being very, very naive. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. It's so- just very sad how they don't, but people don't know how to do the research. We talk about this all the time and it's just yeah. what they're choosing to see or not see exactly yeah well and i still hear about people that say i saw it on the news i'm like why are you still watching the news you're still on cnn right oh my gosh (laughs) yeah yeah it's maddening okay so let's okay so back to so you opened up their their child protective services is in your home interviewing your six-year-old child against your wishes and like that that whole part just gave me goosebumps um they're they're demanding or they're they're saying they're going to fine you something like $70,000. Um, so, so take us back to that. So it it all happened within a 10 day period. And in my book, I actually had to go back and research which exact days things happened Mm -hmm. because I lost track. But within a 10 day period, I was, um, told by my, the city of Salem that they were going to evacuate my lease on my building. Um, I was told by Oregon Health Authority that they were going to revoke my license as a hairstylist, mm-hmm. revoke my license as a salon owner, uh, fine me $500 a day or $5,000 per incident for every client that I took being open, wow. or issue me a Class C misdemeanor. Uh, I was told by Oregon OSHA that they would issue me a $70,000 citation, but they ended up issuing me a $14,000 citation. Um, who else? I'm missing one. Child Protective Services showed up and that, I think that's it. I think those are all the agencies that could target me. And so So. how were you feeling? You were convicted in, in your beliefs and you knew you were right, but how were you feeling? Like at any point were you just like, I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe this was the, the wrong choice or were you always just knowing and feeling like you were doing the right thing? I, I knew I had both. There, yeah. there is a way to feel both. Yeah. I knew I was doing the right thing. And the more they came at me, the more I was like, you really don't want me doing this. And that makes me wonder why. Yeah. Because we know, I know from common sense that this is not COVID related. Okay. And I knew that from the beginning, mm-hmm. even if you believe that COVID was the pandemic that the media claimed, there is no way that Walmart simultaneously, Walmart is open. Yeah. Everyone can <laughs> go in as they please, touch whatever they want and go home. And you're saying that's not dangerous. But if mm-hmm. I take five clients one-on-one, that is dangerous. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. No one can make that make sense. I don't care how liberal you are. You cannot make that make sense. Right. <laughs> and so I thought, why are you trying so hard to shut me down? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. while I while I was being con- confirmed that this was there was ulterior motives and that there was a reason they were targeting me, it gave me more drive. But with every threat, it was like, oh, man, how far are they going to take this before I'm actually in jail? You know? Yeah. And um it, it, so it was terrifying. Every single day was terrifying. I just was always waiting for the, the shoe to fall mm-hmm. and like the next thing to come hit me. And when, when someone would come in the door, I was looking at who was coming in the door, you know? And, uh, but that just gave me more resolve too, is every threat they made, you have to remember this, every threat they made that I called their bluff on, they couldn't follow through with. Mm-hmm. So you're hearing me say that they said, we're going to issue you a class C misdemeanor. I never closed it down. Where's that class C misdemeanor? Mm-hmm. I was never fined $5,000 per incident. I was, you know, my kids were never taken away. Mm-hmm. They made all the, my lease was never terminated. Mm. They made all these threats. And I said, nope, nope, that's not legal. I, I just, you can't do that. And so I stayed open and I stayed open and none of them came to fruition. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why were you making threats now that we're looking back? Why were you making threats that you couldn't back up? You well, it's kind of like. Up. I feel like that's what they're doing now because their plan with the vaccine didn't work. Right. So now it's like, now we well, you won't be able about, to go anywhere. Yeah. Now you, you can't go here. Yeah. You can't go here. You can't, you can't do this. And, you know, for a long time, you know, as a Trump supporter, there were many times where I was like, Oh my God, I wish you would just not talk. And then you realize <laughs> when you start being canceled and censored, like, yeah. well, no wonder he's talking and trying. Yeah. Like, he has to be outlandish because otherwise, you know, they're just, they're never going to show all of, I mean, we all know this, like they're never going to show their, on their agenda, what's actually going on, what he, you know, like, yeah. Until you're canceled and you're the one being censored. It's all of this just, you know, la la land that everybody's living in. Like look around what is happening right now. Right. And what's funny is Trump was being quoted as, as saying, they're not after me. They're after you. I'm just in the way. Mm, yep. And it's like, now we see that as soon yep. as he was out of office, they came for us. They came to put chemicals in our body without an option. I mean, mm-hmm. how far, how yep. far fallen have we, have we gotten in a year and a half in 18 months? We went from, oh, two weeks to flatten the curve. And we were the conspiracy theorists for saying yeah. they're going to mandate vaccines one day. And it's like, no, they're <laughs> not. And mm-hmm. here we are. Mm-hmm. And those same people that are like, you're a conspiracy theorist, they're still saying that. And it's like, but hold on. Everything we've said has come true. Yeah. True. Everything. Everyone's Hello? like, what do you think about conspiracies? I'm like, well, every one of them so far has come true. <laughs> like, yeah. So now when people start saying, oh, well, this is going to happen, I go, you know, maybe it will. I right. think it will. Right. I kind of believe you now. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's wild. So, okay. So at what point do you end up in Arizona? How do you make that decision to up and move your family? How does that, how does that happen? Oh, you're going to love this one because this one was not in the news. This one was my own private battle. Mm -hmm. So when BLM decided to riot in Salem, Oregon, at the Capitol, my salon was three blocks away. Mm -hmm. Someone had posted on Facebook, and this is just one that I saw. Who knows how many Mm -hmm. there were. Make sure you burn down Glamour Salon (gasps) first. Wow. Make sure you kick Lindsey Graham's ass. What? You know, things like, yeah. So these were being sent to me. I'm at home with my baby, my husband, trying to just, you know, Breathe. take some time. Yeah. And this was, you know, this was after we were, the governor had finally opened us back up, probably because 
I wasn't shutting down mm. and she, all of her bluffs were about to get called. So she opened up salons. And so I'm like, finally, I can just rest. No one's going to come through the door to try to arrest me. So I'm at home and I'm hearing that all these threats are being made to my salon. So once again, just like I thought that opening my business wasn't going to be a big deal. I was like, well, I'm not, that's not going to fly. So I did a call to arms to, to the community. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, they want to, they want to torch downtown Salem. I don't, I can't afford to have my business burned down. That's mm-hmm. not controversial. Mm-hmm. I'm calling Patriots to come protect our downtown. Oh, I have goosebumps. And, oh, oh me too. It went crazy. It went crazy. It went crazy. It got shared. It got blasted. I was like, oh my gosh. So like 400, three or 400 Patriots showed up downtown that night. All armed, all calm, all peaceful, but ready to protect, you know, the entire downtown Salem. I was running off, man. I was like, all right, the coffee shop needs 10 people. Who can go? All right, you go there. And businesses were calling me saying, I'm out of town. Can you please send people to my business? And I was like, yes. And it was just like so surreal. And meanwhile, I've got like an AR on me. And (laughs) it was was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I'm not a military like combat person. (laughs) And, um, so sure enough, I mean, the protests always, as they do, they turned into riots. Police mm-hmm. were getting thrown um, bottles of urine, cracked on their heads, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. But the entire downtown Salem was lined with with patriots. And when I say that, I mean, I don't know who came and who didn't come. It was a public call to arms. Three percenters showed up. Proud Boys showed up. You know, ex-military showed up. Probably ex-police wow. officers. But because of that, you can imagine mm-hmm. now... I'm a white supremacist. I'm a racist. I called far right nationalist groups to my salon and I am a threat to the community. I was causing division by calling to protect my salon. I cared more about my stupid business and money than I do about black lives. Uh The narrative was so predictable, but yet I was again, still naive. I'd never been canceled. I'd never been anything but a really well-known you know, pillar of the community mm-hmm. because I didn't want my salon burnt down and I didn't want to get beat up. I was now a, a white nationalist. Wow. And so the community completely canceled us. Um, I don't know if you've experienced this kind of cancel culture, but it was the nonstop emails, texts, phone calls, messages right. to every business that I owned. So all of that time six, mm. um, the name callings, death threats, the, I hope your kids get COVID and die. I hope you get COVID and no one will treat you like just the worst, the worst. And they were leaving one star reviews. All of our businesses lost Mm. their reputation. We had to, so we, I mean, we had to move. I was like drawing the shades on our house thinking someone's going to come to our house in the middle of the night and, and do something to our kids or like, throw a Molotov cocktail in our window. Yeah. I mean, these people were violent. Yeah. They are violent. And it's the leftist mentality. You know, they didn't have to come to my salon. They didn't have to patron me. They would not have gotten, quote, COVID if they didn't, right? Because I was a murderer. It just, it, it was just, it's so unreal how they go from A to Z and they skip every letter in between mm-hmm. and just decide who people are and then decide to ruin their lives. And so within about, I don't know, three or four days of that, we realized we can't live here. We're not safe here. We can't do business here anymore. Mm-hmm. And my dad had moved to Arizona and my mother-in-law was talking about moving to Arizona. 
and in the kitchen, this is like a God moment that we didn't know really was even happening. Um, she said, I think you guys need to move to Arizona with us. And I said, I looked at my husband. I said, yeah, we do. Wow. And so- he said, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, at the end of the day, I was like, you know, I'm serious, right? I had like one beer. I'm not drunk. This is, we're moving to Arizona. He's like, no, I know. And that was it. We moved to Arizona. Wow. Yeah. I just moved to Florida from Virginia just because of stuff in schools they're trying to pass and everything. And like, yeah. I'm like, I'm gone. <laughs> like control yeah. the controllable. Yeah. Sometimes you just like, you know, some, some people want to say, oh, you ran or you ran and hit or you, you, you know, you cowered. And I was like, no, sometimes you're like, I, I fought my fight. I'm done. Yeah. I, this is where I'm going to go somewhere safe. And actually um, what happened was when I, I mean, when I got into Arizona, I looked around physically. I looked around and I was like, what are you guys going to do? You don't know my address. Mm-hmm. I block you on Instagram. I block you on Facebook. Your words mean nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have a business you can cancel. What are yeah. you going to do? If I am now loudly and proudly pro-Trump, pro-gun, pro-life, you know, pro, pro-God, like you can't do anything to me anymore. It was the epitome of feeling Free. safe. Free. And protected and free. Yeah. And I, they created a monster, man. I'm out of control now. Yeah. I'm the Patriot yeah. Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell us about That's that. About, How did you get that moniker, yeah. Patriot Barbie? I love it. Oh, this. so yeah. So during that cancel culture, I had posted a, a photo of me in my MAGA hat, and a liberal took it and made a meme that said, um, I don't always play Patriot Barbie, but when I do, I steal people's money and I kill grandma, something like that, oh, you nice. know? Yeah, great. And I was like, hold on, did you just call me the Patriot Barbie? Because that's I love it. pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was supposed to be an insult. And so actually just to be a little snot, I was like, oh, you think you can call me Patriot Barbie? So I made a whole post about it. And then I changed my public page. Instead of saying public figure, I changed it to say Patriot Barbie. <laughs> and I gave her like, you know, the thanks for, for the name. And oh, just, to, yeah. just to imagine that she'd be like, that little bitch. That was, <laughs> I was supposed to be insulting her. And then it just, it just blew up. Everyone was like, you are so the Patriot Barbie and, oh, you get a logo designed and let me design your logo. And so I was like, all right, cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So tell us then, so what is life in Arizona like? How has your life changed? What are you doing now? How are you speaking out loud and proud and unable to be canceled? Like, what does that look like for you now? Oh man, it looks so beautiful. It's so beautiful Mm -hmm. to tell people that God allowed us to lose everything, mm. but what he gave us was so much better. He gave me, like you said, the freedom to be who I want to be, to speak out, mm-hmm. um, which I do a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of like, you know, podcast interviews. Um, right now I'm organizing an event in uh, Morristown, Arizona called Arizona Backs the Blue. Mm. And it's a, it's going to be like a multi-thousand person event that just has a day where we respect and appreciate local law enforcement, police officers. I love that. And yeah, I've got it on Facebook. We've got flyers coming. It's going to be amazing. This is, this is the kind of thing I'm like, this is what I was meant to do is, yeah. is speak out for these people, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, we, so with our new Arizona life, you know, I had to close the salon. We had to sell our gym and we had to sell off our tanning salon. So we don't own any more businesses in Oregon. They completely, I mean, they took money out of their own pocket. Right. <laughs> they completely canceled us in Oregon. So we, um, we used the sale of our house in Oregon to start doing property investing. So we're doing fix and flips down here. And I uh, got my realtor's license. I'm a real estate agent. And that's kind of our new, our new blessing, our new career, our new venture. And, you know, in it, 
God has sort of, I mean, he really has just shown us what the freedom looks like, that we're not slaves to our businesses. Mm -hmm. I can be home with my kids more. Um, It's just, it's doing something totally different than we've ever done. And we realized we never would have done this because we were in such a a healthy pattern in Oregon. Mm -hmm. But once that was removed from us, God was like, I've got something better and you never would have pursued it had I not taken these things. And so the freedom, the family time, the safety, the, the ability to speak out after being canceled, just, Mm. it feels amazing. I was on a a prayer call last night with a, a team of Christians and one of them just prophesied and said, you know, God's going to give you a platform. So make sure it's for him. And he's going to bless you with a voice for him. And so when that happens, you know, make sure that you, you've got, you know, your blessings lined up. And I just was like, Oh my goodness, this is, that's what it feels like is that he took my whole life story and, and wrapped it all up into these last 18 months and said, do you see, do you see what happened there? You thought that this was this horrible thing that happened in your life, but what it did was it made you stronger. It made you more resilient. It made you independent, all these things. It made you who I needed you to be because once I, once I put Patriot Barbie up and she's, you know, she's testifying and she's preaching the gospel, she's got to have the nerve to withstand what I went through. Yeah. She's got to have the strength. She's got to have the, the confidence in, in her beliefs and tying it all together. It's like, I'm not just another, you know, everyone has their story. Everyone has their testimony. And I remember being 19, 20 and I was just this, you know, awesome Christian. I'd never done anything wrong. I never smoked a cigarette. I never cussed. I listened to Christian music. I was like this, you know, quote, perfect Christian. But I did not say that way. <laughs> And I lived a very <laughs> colorful life from 20 to about 24. And as I started writing the book and I was like, I'm not telling those stories. Mm-hmm. Those are bad stories. Those are not, I don't want people to know those things about me. Mm-hmm. And God didn't allow that. Yep. He, yeah. he changed the book and said, you've got to tell these stories because I'm making it very clear to you now that you went through that. I allowed it. I know that you knew I allowed it so that you could be this person that I'm going to make you to be. Mm -hmm. And he's right. It's just, I get goosebumps telling my own story sometimes. I'm like, oh, you're so sneaky. He's so sneaky (laughs) that way. I I go there. Well, he calls us to be bold and to take action and to do right. Like that is our purpose as Christians. And so it's just like, so it's empowering to other people when they can see it, when you're not canceled, when they're not shutting you off your social media, you know, like um, at some point, like more and more truth is going to have to come out. My friends were at the Capitol the day of the domestic terrorist attack (sighs) while they were let into the building with hundreds of other people that I know. And, you know, like just all of these things, but they, you know, they're painting her picture in the media also, like you were saying, they just took out all of these parts of like what actually happened. They, they put what they want to put, like, when are people going to realize that? When are people going to realize that why am I getting shut down for talking about why I haven't maybe got the jab or why, you know, like, when are you guys going to wake up? Maybe never, but you know what? Like we are at least knowing that we are all living in truth and not being complacent and not like, you know, like, thank goodness that you did stand up and that, you know, you, you were bullied, you allowed that, but you got out. And I like, 
commend you a million percent for like, no, you didn't run away. Like you're going to somewhere else where God called you to go. You're making sure that your family is safe. Like, are you serious? My friend too, like literally getting that their lawyer, like oh. getting all of these calls and threats and the same things. I hope you die from COVID. I hope she your had kid to move too, didn't she? She moved. She right? is gonna move. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So well, like, here's, a, here's the best part. Are you ready for this? Yes. I opened against the mandate when it was still ooh super super dangerous for hairstylists to open May yeah. May fifth. I did not enforce masks mm-hmm. the entire time, and never never did even when there was a mask mandate. So. We operated for another year and we operated about three weeks before anyone else was told they could open. Not a single person in that salon or a client ever contracted COVID from my salon. Mask free, no social distancing, open when we said no one in my family has gotten COVID. We've done nothing that they have said to do. They say, oh, sanitize this. And and I'm like, no, I'm no, I'm just, I don't even say. Sometimes I'm like, I'm not washing my hands. Yeah. Just well, when did we forget that we need immunity need and too. germs to actually survive? Like you need germs and your immunity will, you're screwed. Like all these people yeah. that are still hiding, they're screwed. Wait till they you are. get strep throat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they are. Then they don't. And what's really sad is that they don't even realize it because I believe that, that the precautions that my family didn't take is what's keeping us alive. We no, never, we, you know, we just never, we never altered our life other than that, that first six weeks that we were complying. We still, I mean, I still didn't ever wear a mask anywhere. We still tried to go out as much as we could. I went to the grocery store. I mean, we just never changed our life and altered our life. And to see these people who have, they have complied to such an extent that they've I can't even go home right life. now. My family is so terrified of me that I can't go like, literally. no. I was going to have to get a hotel room to go home, literally. Oh, my gosh. Because I've been teaching in the gym and my son plays sports, you know, and now we're in Florida. So, of course, Florida. Oh, my gosh. Florida and Texas. Like, of course, it's only here that have COVID cases. And I'm like, well, it's funny because the doctors and nurses and the Department of Public Health and all of those people, if you actually look at what's going on. It's not true. If you actually look at the CDC, they'll tell you the truth. Like, yeah, what in the world is happening? I just, yeah, it's so weird to me that they can believe. And and even what's really weird to me is it's one thing if you believe what the media is saying to, you know, every extent, but they've said things that contradict themselves. Always. If you're you're listening that intently, that you're listening that intently, you're hearing the contradiction. So how are you not even, how are you not even awake to, to see the physical contradictions that are being said and done right in front of you. Yeah. Right. I, my husband and I were talking the other day because he um, was talking to a friend and the friend couldn't understand why we weren't getting vaccinated. And he's like, my husband's not on social media, but everything that I tell him I see on social media is like, you know, vaccine injuries and like all this, these people getting canceled for talking about things that are real and, you know, um, things that can um, save you if you get ivermectin, like I'll just say the word, like, um, you know, like people are getting canceled for talking about these things and it's all, none of it makes any sense. You can't add this stuff up and get the correct answer, right? Like it doesn't make any sense. But what I, what I'm hearing 
is that the people and this makes so much sense and it's why people no one can understand each other it's because we're so focused on what we see on our news channel and on our social media feed and it's if you are if you are following you know a certain group of people you're only getting one side so you literally because he his friend said he's like i don't understand that at all all I see on social media is people in hospitals dying of COVID saying how much they wish they would have gotten the vaccine and begging oh people gosh. to get the vaccine. And it's like, if that's all you see, that fear mongering all day, every day, you are terrified. You are, you know, hiding in your yeah. home and you're not leaving and you're begging for a vaccine and you're thinking you're going to die. And you're so it, it's really sad because. Like stuff saying, if you're not like looking at all sides and you're not researching and you're not doing your stuff, you're, you're literally only seeing exactly what you're looking for, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. so yeah, it's very scary. And the other part of, as you were talking, what I was thinking is, um, you know, there's this thing in, in Christianity where people can't believe in, a, a, like God being good and that God is real because he allows so much suffering. And I never have a really good answer for that, but I was at church the other day and they talked about how God will allow what he hates, which is suffering, right? To get to what he loves. And so I feel like in your whole entire story, like he allowed for suffering to get yeah. to what he loves, yep. which is now you following your purpose and, you know, glorifying him and witnessing for Christ all over the place and standing up for people who, who need standing up for. And it's just, it's just so true in so many situations, like, you know, and with people dying and with accidents and with all these things, like God doesn't cause it, but God will allow the suffering. He will allow what he hates to get to what he loves. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it says in the Bible that God will never give you more than you can handle. Mm -hmm. And he knew I could handle this. And I remember he knew that my faith was strong enough. And I remember in the heart, I mean, it just felt like the heart of the cancel culture when it was like a lesser person would probably commit suicide. Mm -hmm. That's how hated I felt. Mm -hmm. I yeah. sat in my car and I cried and I cried and I told God, I don't know what you're doing here, but I know it's going to be for good. Yeah. So just can you just try to reveal to me sooner than later what, what's going to happen because I trust you. Mm. I know that you're not just allowing this for no reason. I know it, but God, I can't keep going without knowing that there is, you know, something. Can you just try to reveal to me or give me a hint or something so that I can have some peace and some, just a little bit of hope now. Yeah. And it wasn't long after that, that we said, let's move to Arizona. And, and it didn't feel like a God calling at the time, but after we had decided that, Everything that people tried to do to me, all I could think of was, nah, I'm not going to live here anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I don't care what you think of me anymore. It was freeing almost instantly. And it wasn't even that blessing yet. It hadn't even come to fruition. Mm -hmm. But it's like he let me know, this move is going to be what changes you. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. This is your hope. Mm -hmm. oh, and yep. as soon as we got here, he fulfilled his promise. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Okay, so tell us. So your book is called Targeted. Yes. And it is... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going like to say. like the queen of interrupting. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's difficult when we're not in the same room. So so where can people get it? So tell us where people can find you, number one, and where can people get your book? Okay, so the book, yes, it's on pre-sale right now. Um, I am publishing with a company that gives me the rights to my book. Mm. And so I can sell my own books on my website. On, they're on pre-sale right now, and I'm going to sign every single one that I sell. Okay. 
Um, and that's on patriotbarbie.com. Super easy. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and um, the the same can go. The same goes for social media. Um, on on Instagram, I'm the Lindsey Graham, and I'm also the dot patriot dot Barbie. So that's where you can find me. I update fun memes. I try to keep it, you know, super focused on the politics that apply to Christians and conservatives. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're upsetting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the book is on the patriotbarbie.com and it's on pre-sale right now. So. I love it. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that. And I'm just so thankful Thank for you. your time. Thank you for being here with us. And I mean, you're yeah. just, you're just doing God's work, girl. I am. I'm trying. Uh, this is incredible sure that I stay focused and that God would just reveal to me what message I'm supposed to convey and just yeah. keep, keep me humble. So Love I feel it. like the biggest thing that I keep thinking of, like hearing all of this today is just like, you refuse to be complacent. And that's what every Patriot needs to do. Like whether it's yeah. the kids in school, whether it's, you know, making the move, whether it's speaking yep. your truth, getting locked out of the social media, like whatever. <laughs> Um, if you're not speaking for it, you're complacent, you know, so. That's right. Yeah. And, and I've, I've been, I've said recently, and it, it's not very nice, but I started to say, you know, if you're not with me, you're against me. How yeah. are you letting us, some of us, hundreds of us fight this fight and you're, you're sitting back and going, Oh, good job. Good job. Keep it up. And I'm like, no, you join me. Right. <laughs> I need help. Right. I already did this alone 18 months ago. Yeah. No one else opened up with me. And it's like, all right, your time for sitting back and, and giving me a thumbs up is over. I need you next to me. Yeah. So people need to be praying about that and saying, okay, God, where, what do you want what me to do? I do. do you yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lindsey Graham. You're amazing. I wish you the best of luck with your book and all the things, Stars and Stripes, all the things that you're doing. And people can follow you on Instagram to keep up with all of the things, the events, and the different things that you're doing um, with your work in Arizona. And we just thank you so much. Thank you. I love you. I love that you guys had me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lindsay. Have a good girl. Okay. Bye, ladies. Bye. Okay, Stephanie, you still here? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I swear I'm just gonna call you Stephanie from now on. But it's like you don't want anyone to call you Stephanie. <laughs> All right. Okay. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday, activators. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of Activate. If you found value or were simply entertained, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, be sure to follow us on Activate Pod on Facebook and Instagram so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for your support. Today is the perfect day to activate your life. We love y'all.